I went to a lunch with some of the writers and one of them said, oh, we've got a great storyline for you next year, Sally. I mean, it saved my life, which is amazing when I look back. I just, mm. In fact, that period of my life is such a strange time. Today, Rosie, really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm a little bit out of breath because I was running late, but I'm, I'm here now, everything's fine. <laughs> Cancel trains. Cancel trains. And all of that. Late trains. But you managed it, you managed it, and I'm so glad that you did because mm. we're going to be talking to Sally Dinevert, who, of course, everybody knows as Sally... Well, she's Sally Metcalf now, isn't she? But Sally, Sally Webster. For a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, and now Sally Metcalf. And you know this is all about what if... Well, I think Sally's got one of the, the biggest what-ifs, mm. if all, which we'll get on to. But first of all, how lovely to see you. Oh, Rosie Lorraine, thank <laughs> you so much for having me on your podcast. Honestly, I'm so excited because I listen to it. So this oh, is great. Thank oh, that's so good. And you know what? You were the person a wee while ago. I remember you were on the show and you said to me, you should do a podcast. You were the first one, really. Um, I didn't that, know that. Yeah, yeah. Sally said you should do one. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So thank you. We wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> what if? <laughs> <laughs> what if? What if Sally hadn't yeah, told if? us? I know. But look, going away back. Going yeah. away Way, way back. Caught my breath now. Thank good, God. good, 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 um, good. But we did our research. You first appeared on Coronation Street on the 27th of January, 1986. Rosie, you weren't even born. No. I know. <laughs> I know. It's very scary, actually, how long I've been there. I can't quite believe I've been there that long. But I still feel like a newcomer because, you know, Bill's yeah. been there for 62 years. So I've still well, got a way to go. <laughs> nobody, I don't know that anybody will break that record. That is astonishing, isn't it? Mm, and yeah. he's st- he looks brilliant. He really does. Oh Ken Barley looks amazing. He's amazing. He's like a vampire, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he, just looks, he just looks the same. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. But did you always want to be an actress, even when you were a wee kid? I mean, is there acting in the family or performing or anything like that? No, absolutely no performing, nothing in my family. We were very working class. My mum and dad had a, a news agents in Chatterton and then it went bust and everything, we lost everything and... Um, the thing for me was that I used to go to this drama club when I was 13 and it was my way of getting away from everything. And it was run by somebody called David Johnson, who you might have heard of him. Lots of people in the North have gone to him. Children, he kind of took us kids off the streets and gave us something to be excited about. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went to his workshop, I just thought, I, I went home on the bus that day and I just thought, I'm going to be an actor. And I went to school and said, and I was only 13, I'm going to be an actress. And they just couldn't stop laughing because nobody had been an actress in my school. You know, it was, it was something that was unheard of. But this wonderful man who is responsible for so many people's careers in the North, you know, um, Anthony Cotton and Saran Jones and, you know, lots of us have been through. Michael Lavelle and I met there when we were both 13. We did a play together when we were 13. Wow, well, the guy who um, plays Kevin, he was there as well. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that strange yeah. how that happens? Was this in Oldham? Is this the Oldham Youth Theatre? Yes. God, that's yeah. what a great and was, training. It was amazing. I mean, you know, he was very, very strict, but it was kind of so good because you just couldn't wait to to be in his company. He was really inspiring and encouraging, and I'd never really had that before. I'd kind of gone to school feeling sort of, well, you know, I'm not very bright and I'm not going to particularly do anything 
well or clever or and then suddenly you go to this school on a Saturday morning that costs I don't know 50 pence to go every Saturday morning <laughs> and this man is encouraging you in ways you've never even thought about I mean he just made you believe you could do anything and I think that's why there's such a wealth of talent in the north is because mm. you know so many people were encouraged from David's workshops and, and now of course there's you know workshops all over the country which is amazing for young children but it gave the possibility of a working class kid the mm. realization that actually you can do something I think that's mm. brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And it's also the style of acting because it's so natural. That's why Coronation Street works. You know, it's it's believable. Yeah. You know, we think of you as Sally and it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's that a coincidence? <laughs> but it's your Sally. You're and Sally you're... and Sally. And Sally. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I will never know. I never really got to the bottom of it. But <laughs> I think it, it might not have been a coincidence because I came up to play Kevin's first girlfriend and she was quite posh. She was a tennis player and I didn't get that part. And then I came up to play one of the Claytons and I didn't get that part. And then they said, oh, we're bringing you back to Manchester for an audition because I was living in London then because I'd gone to drama school there. And they said, we're bringing you back to Manchester because we've got this part called Sally. And I was like, this has got to be the part. It's just got to. <laughs> that was fantastic. What was, the first, what was the first job, though, before Corey? What was, the, what was the first sort of acting job where you thought, yeah, this is it, this is what I want to do, you know, because I knew you wanted to do it anyway, but once you'd got that first role... Yeah. Well, my parents moved to Somerset when I was 16 and I thought, I can't live in Somerset in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to go to drama school. So I applied for drama school and I just went to the very first one that accepted me. I, did, I should have gone and auditioned for lots, but I was 17. I was so young and naive. I didn't really... I, but I had the best three years. But that's another thing that everyone always talks about now is that... You know, if you're from a working class family, it's very hard to yeah. go to a drama school and have, mm. you know, the, I had a grant and it was paid for that I could live in London. My parents would never in a million years have been able to do that. So I'm so thankful, you know, that, that I was allowed to do that and just wish that that was available now for students who want to go and train in London but just can't afford it. But I was super, super lucky. But then in those days as well, when you left drama school, you had to have an equity card before you could get a job so it's a chicken and egg yeah. you couldn't get a job with that an equity card but how do you get the equity so, card oh, exactly oh my gosh i did all sorts of things so i did um i did old time music hall really? in a little pub <laughs> in king's cross yeah i sang the boy i love is up, up in, in the, the gallery. gallery i mean honestly I, you can't you couldn't you couldn't make this up Brilliant. and that was wonderful training. I worked with uh, Robin and Aline Hunter, who ran the Pinder of Wakefield, it was called. And it was incredible training ground, really, after I'd left drama school. And there was a, a chap in the audience, and he was an agent, and he took me on. Ah. So, and I got my equity card through that, but also I did a bit of dancing with, I don't know if you'll remember this, you might remember it, Lorraine. Do you remember there was a, a robot called Metal Mickey? Of course. And he was in the charts. Yes. Well, I did <laughs> Metal a... Mickey. No, I remember Metal, Metal Mickey. Metal Mickey. I remember it. So I was, I was kind of his backing dancer with I never him, knew and I got that. another contract. <laughs> That's super I cool. Know. <laughs> 
I never talk about these things. <laughs> only, only to you two. Oh, gosh, that's hilarious. Absolutely um, hilarious. I love it. I don't understand. Is it a robot? Yeah, it's a robot. It was, yeah. it was called Metal Mickey and it was a robot. But is it a person, on, like, in a robot suit? or is Oh, it... don't tell me there wasn't a real Metal is Mickey. It, I'm going to be like very a... disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a man in a metal outfit. I've got a feeling it was a man foot. in a metal So you yeah. do all these things and you get your equity card and that means yeah. you can actually go for it. You can go for a job. And the thing is, I remember being in my flat in Shepherd's Bush or wherever I was living with the girls that I shared a flat with when I was at drama school. And I got a call one day and they said, oh, um, Sally, it's um, Spotlight here. We've got an audition for you for this play in the West End. I was like... Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but just before you come, are you an equity member? Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm not. I've got I've got two contracts. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't see you. <gasps> bye, bye. Put the phone oh. down. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And that, I'm so pleased that that... I mean, we need our union, of course. We need the union, but it's so much easier now for young people, yes. you mm. know, that don't necessarily need to go to drama school anymore. Gosh, and... that, is a, that is a what if moment though, isn't it? What if you had gone to that West End show? Who knows what might have happened? Who knows? You know, you might not I have know. had this amazing opportunity to have this great role and, and everybody knowing you and all, all of that. It's remarkable. Mm. It? Well, it is strange actually when you, when, you know, you've been in a show for this long because, you know, what if is a massive thing to me because I often think, what if I hadn't stayed in Corrie? What if I'd left when Jean Alexander said to me after two years, you've got to go because yes, this you know, is you've Hilda done your you need to the, go. The famous oh, Hilda Holton. Yeah. Blessed, sainted, sainted Hilda Holton. Yeah. That was good advice, though, in a way, because, you know, but the, I guess the thing about what you do is is that... The storylines are just so incredible and you get stretched all the time as an actor. You, you, you do in a way that you, you might not anywhere else. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, if I'd left, who knows what would have happened? I might never have worked again. I might have got little parts, but they would have been, you know, I probably wouldn't have done the things that I really, really wanted to. My, my husband, when I met him, he was an actor, but he said he never got anything that he ever wanted. You know, he got two lines in the second act. Um, and he said, I wanted to play Hamlet, but they always said, oh, yes, Tim, you come on at the end. Oh. You've got two lines and then you go. And oh. he's like, that's not why I want to be an actor. But so it is, you know, it's a really difficult profession and I'm just so grateful that I've had this time doing something that I absolutely love. You know, I still get excited by scripts coming through and storylines that might come up and, and different ways of doing the comedy things. And mm. yeah, I still really get a buzz, buzz out of it. And she's been through a lot. She has been through a lot. One of the things that um, yeah. sticks with me is the, the breast cancer storyline. That was that, amazing. That's the yeah. biggest what if, isn't it? Yeah. That is, that is huge. So you get the script and your character, Sally, you know it's going to be a massive storyline because she's going to have breast cancer. And again, there's always that pressure if you're doing something so massive and so important that affects so many people. And you know you have to get it right. But... You didn't know at that time that in real life that was happening to you. It's incredible. It is incredible. I mean, it saved my life, which is, you know, it's amazing when I look back. I just, in fact, that, that period of my life is such a strange 
time because the first person I'd ever heard who had breast cancer was my next door neighbor, Alexis. And she came around and knocked on my door and said, I've got breast cancer. She was the same age as me. She was, well, actually she had it 10 years before me. So mm. she must've been 36. Gosh. So that was a shock for me. I was like, oh my gosh, how can my next door neighbor have breast cancer? I, I don't know anybody who's ever had breast cancer. This is really awful. And I was beside myself. And we, um, I went to a lunch with some of the writers and one of them said, oh, we've got a great storyline for you next year, Sally. We're going to play a breast cancer story because his sister had had breast cancer. And I said, I'm so pleased we're playing this story. I said, because I've just found out my next door neighbour has it. And mm. I really want to, you know, I really want to play this story. So it was a few months, of course, that the scripts came through and, um, and I'd done so much, like... Research as in talking to people, because yeah. now I'm, you know, Hattie was at primary school then and I'd, I'd chat to this lovely lady who uh, I saw every day who was going through breast cancer and she was going through chemo and she'd talk me through what she was going through. And then I got the, the scripts and Michael and I were running through them and, oh, my gosh, it was a page turner. Like, I just... I, it's the first time... I've ever like been so excited about doing a story for mm. all the right reasons, yeah, you know, for just wanting to sort of make it something that was accessible that people could relate to. She was a person because she was happily married and she'd gone through loads of different things, but she'd never gone through anything major in her mm. life. And I was flicking through the scripts and it was great. And for some reason there was a delay and I said, um, I suddenly thought, oh, gosh, I've got an hour off. I'm going to go and see our nurse and just ask her about something that I'd kind of felt on mm. my breast. But I really, I mean, you know, I was 46. I thought this wouldn't happen to me. This never happened to me. So I went to see Corinne, who was the nurse at ITV, and she said instantly, she felt it, and she said... I'm going to book you in with Lester Barr. Lester Barr was doing the research. He was um, uh, my breast cancer doctor and right. he was doing all the research for uh, the breast cancer story and helping them with what happens with, you know, when you've got breast cancer. And um, so I went to see him and she said, you need to go and see him tonight. And I said, oh, no, I'm taking the kids shopping tonight. Can't go tonight. And she said, well, no, he's got a slot and he's a very, very busy man. You need right. to go tonight. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. I'm wasting his time. I said to Corinne, I don't need to go. I'm going to waste his time. He's a busy man. Anyway, I turn up and he uh, has a look and um, says, we're going to do a biopsy. And then he goes away. And I went back to see him. And he said, oh, bring Tim, because I'd love to see Tim again, because I've done quite a lot for prevent breast cancer before I'd even, you know, got yeah. breast cancer. I'd, I'd worked with the charity quite a bit. So I thought he was just being nice, bring Tim. So I said to Tim, oh, yeah, let's go together. We'll go together, and then we'll just see Lester. And then maybe we could go for a drink, because our children were young, mm. so we never got out. <laughs> so we thought, oh, yeah, we'll go to the pub on the way back and have a pint, well, you know, have a, have a, it'll be a nice night out. So, um, oh, and I just finished that day. I said, Tim, I'll meet you at the hospital, because I've got all the scenes where Sally tells Kevin that she's got breast cancer. So I said to Lester, don't, I don't, you know, tell me after that because I don't want to know anything beforehand. Mm -hmm. I, I need to get that day over with. So that particular day, we had um, a wonderful director and I got through the whole day, didn't tell 
anybody that where I was going at the end of the day. I didn't tell Michael or anyone because I, you know, there was nothing wrong with me and I didn't want to. Anyway, I turn up at the hospital and Tim and I go in and Lester um, says, I'm so sorry to tell you, but you've got breast cancer. And I looked at him. Well, I, I collapsed first and then I woke up on a bed oh, with Tim and Lester either side of me. And I looked up to Lester and I said, Lester, I think you've got it wrong. I said, that's my character's got breast cancer. Oh. Not, it's not me. It's my character. And he went, no, Sally, you, you've got it. And I, I, but I can't, I can't have, I just, I just can't have, that's crazy. And then I went into this shock mode where I don't know if you've, you know, anyone who's ever had news like this, you kind of go into a really strange place where everything's kind of really calm, but terrifyingly scary. And I, we walked out of this office and we got in the car and I burst into tears and I, I just couldn't stop the emotion. It was just like, it was just pouring out these, these tears. It was just awful. Anyway, we went to the pub and Tim got me a packet of crisps because I hadn't eaten anything. And of course, there's no way I could eat the crisps or even the, touch the drink. I, I just, I was in shock. Yeah. And we mm. just sat there for an hour and we just talked. How do we deal with this with the children? That and, and Tim said, we go home and we tell them the truth, but we tell them the positive truth, which is everything's going to be fine. And this is just a little blip in our lives, but we're strong, we're a strong family, and we're, we're gonna get through this, which is exactly what we did. And of course, the two big ones, I think they were really in shock, but we were like, oh no, honestly, it's fine. We've got Lester, everything's great. It's going to be amazing. You don't worry about it. You know, So I rang our producer, Kim Crowther at the time, and she said, so what, what happened? I said, oh my gosh, Kim, I've, I've, I've got breast cancer. And she was like, oh my God, I, I need to come and see you. So... She came to see me and I said, look, I want to carry on with this story. I'm just having a, a lumpectomy. And then once I've had a lumpectomy, I can come back and we can carry on telling the story because this is the most important story I've ever had mm. on Corrie. And it means so much to me because of all these people that I was meeting at the school gates who were similar ages to me getting breast cancer. And why was that? I just, you know, it was just such a shock. So she said, okay, well, you will be directed by you. You mm. tell us what you want to do. So I go into hospital and I have the lumpectomy and then Lester says, I'm really sorry, but it's traveled to your lymph glands. So you're going to have to have chemo. So, oh my gosh. I was like, oh no. I mean, just, just, oh, I just, I couldn't, I think I'd been kind of trying to deny it was happening to me mm -hmm. so I could mm. get back to work. I, and then as soon as he said the word chemo, I just knew, I, I rang him, I said, I don't know how you're gonna do it, but you're gonna have to write me out because I, I need to take care of myself for, you know, as, for six months or however long it takes to get better. And sh they were absolutely brilliant and kept ringing me saying, you know, whenever you want to come back, just let us know. And um, that's really and, good. Oh my God. That they did that because they, that's, they were, that's they were really hard. Good. You know, and they need to, and the thing is, you, you made the right decision. You need to take care of yourself. 
you know, that's the most important thing. What age were, were your children yeah. then? What age were they? I was 46. Mm-hmm. So Hattie was about five, Gosh, six. Gosh, um, Sam was... Um, so Sam's, so he was about 12 and Phoebe was about 14, something yeah. like mm. that. You know, it was uh, hard for... In a strange way, I always thought that it was fine for Hattie because she was so young. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, years later, how it comes out. She now realises what happened to me and is terrified that something might happen, you know. So there's a lot of issues that have come out as they've they've grown up. But, yeah, no, we we, we got through it and everyone, you know, (laughs) Tim, my husband, was amazing because he's just so such a beautiful person and really sort of managed it in a positive, happy way. I think that's brilliant uh, that he said really that. Good. Yeah, the fact that he said that, you know, like we'll tell the kids, but we'll put a positive spin on it because you, you kind of you, you have to, yeah, even you for yourself, do. you do, yeah. you really have to. But it made such an impact, Sally. It made some, I mean, I remember interviewing you on the show and you'd had chemo, so your hair had fallen out, you were wearing a wee scarf, you looked about 12 and a half um, <laughs> and you, you, you did and you looked wee. But the strength there and the determination that you had to let everybody know and to get people talking, I mean, that was probably one of the first times that people really spoke about it openly. Now, of course, you know, we get Breast Cancer Awareness Month, do all these, you've done amazing things, treks and all sorts of incredible fundraising things as well and raising awareness. But that did so much and that just shows you the power of you and the power of Coronation Street, that it just helps so many people. Oh, I hope so, because I remember when when I got it and I was desperately trying to find people who were in my position, that celebrities or somebody on television who could talk about it. And I didn't really find anybody mm. who I could, you know. But luckily, I was so lucky because I had all the mums at school who were going through it as well. I mean, it was it was quite shocking. There's quite a lot of a lot of us would yeah. have been gone. I've gone through it. And then my friend Anise, um, who's the hormone specialist, who was sort of telling me what was going to happen, rang me one day and said, "I've got breast cancer too." Jeez. It's crazy. And I, it, crazy. I mean, just unbelievable. And really how awful. How are you now? Do you have to have checkups regularly or? Well, now I'm going every two years, but I was going up until this year every year. But, you know, the positive thing about all this is breast cancer has come on so much in the last 10 years. It's incredible. All the people I've told you about who have breast cancer are still doing really, really well. I mean, which is amazing. I lost one very, very amazing friend, Maura Xilla, who was an actress, and um, she died, sadly, and um, that was really hard for me because she was an amazing woman. But um, I think about her... There's not a day goes by where I don't think about her. But on the positive side, there are lots of women who are, are coming through this now because of all the research and... And, you know, they know so much more now. And because we're talking about it, yeah. it's... Um, and that, you know, the, the checking yourself is so important, you know, because I would never have... I mean, I, I you know, we just don't, do you? You just no, don't think not about as much doing as we, that. Not as much as we should, and, and certainly for younger women, you know... That I think a lot of people have that mentality of what you said earlier, it can't happen to me. 
and they think the denial thing as well is so interesting what you said about not wasting the doctor's time that's exactly what granny does I know. like not not with this yeah. but she's like oh I can't go to the doctor yeah I don't want to bother yeah, no, I, don't I don't want, want to bother him you won't bother the doctor and you sort of mum I always say to mum that's kind of what they're there to help you they're there to be bothered they're there to help you but it's true the whole thing about checking but the thing is if you this is what's so incredible if you hadn't had that storyline you might not have said oh there's something a wee bit funny here I, I'm maybe yeah and you had the you had all these experts there because they were helping you with the storyline you know that's mm, that's the yeah. incredible thing absolutely yeah. astonishing and like I said the response was amazing um, and you've worked so hard to raise awareness and to raise money I mean that trek that you did was yeah. brilliant oh for goodness sake that was that wow. was life changing that wasn't it that was um, it was sort oh, of like Everest base camp I mean for goodness sake it was amazing absolutely I mean you know on this this journey I've met so many wonderful people and um, done some great things like Tim and I did the London to Paris bike ride as well with wow. Prevent Breast Cancer which was that is the toughest, probably one of the toughest things I've ever done. But I never would have done that. I never would have walked to base camp Everest, would I, unless no, this had happened. So, no. you know, out of something so bad, some some good things came. Well, absolutely. Which is great. Do you remember we climbed to the top of the O2? Um, with, oh, yeah, you did that. Do you remember? Do you know, lovely, our, our yes. producer, Helen, Helen Addis, who had breast cancer herself, um, she had this great idea of turning the O2 into a giant boob. And, and then we all. That's fair <laughs> enough. Which is fair enough, I yeah. think. And then we walked to what the top. What else could you make into a boob? Well, she made a what balloon. A balloon into a boob. She made that oh. into a boob. I think what Helen's doing is amazing, the check and change. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really good. good. We're, we're definitely going to be doing that every single year. And you've been a, an incredible supporter of, of Check and Change. It's just that thing of you're in a changing room, maybe trying on a wee dress, just we've got the stickers up in the window, the mirror, mm. and you just have a wee, a wee check. It's just a, just a reminder. Do you check yourself, Rose? Do you do that or is it something that you don't really do just It now? is that mentality of it can't happen to me. Yeah, but I, you... I know I should yeah. and I do, I, have to, I do do it, but I don't do it. Um, often and how how often are you supposed to do it? I think they say just run your hand, the flat of your hand, round your boob. But actually, it can take two seconds yeah, in the shower, of yeah. and you'll feel you'll feel it. So once a week, just yeah, have a little. Yeah, I think once a week's a good idea. Yeah, just it just becomes part of like brushing your teeth or mm. whatever you know, part of your your routine, which is which is yeah. fantastic. But the feedback you must have got from that was that must have been so encouraging at a time when you really needed it. Yeah, I think it was. And it was so nice when, you know, when I went out and I'd go like to the supermarket or something and women would come over and say, I've been through what you've been through. And, and A, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 20 years through it. <laughs> or, you know, some people would just tell me their stories. And it's great to hear other people's stories of what they're going through. And it's also great for them to know that people who are going through it, you need to know that it's not all doom and gloom it's yes. good you know yes. it can be really really good you mentioned your lovely husband tim but your husband on cory is tim and you are sally oh, yes. and sally is How, Corey. I, I, the, that, confusion. the confusion <laughs> the confusion does it ever get it's confusing at home <laughs> Very, very confusing. Like, <laughs> we it. had somebody knock on the door the other day and I said, oh, I'll just get my husband, Tim. And he burst out laughing. He thought I meant that I was going to go and get Tim. 
So, yeah, it's it's just unbelievable. And then Joe, who plays Tim, married Sally Carmen. So no. it's Tim and Sally there oh, and Tim and Sally it's here. It's too much. It's, no, it's too much. We, I, it? Three Tim and Sally. You can't keep up. You can't keep up with that. Yes, your real no. true Tim, your real true husband that you actually married in real true life. Yeah. And he, he is a writer. He used to write for Emmerdale, but he, he writes. Yeah, he's at the moment he's writing um, he's writing a film oh. and he's writing, he's writing a series that was an audio book so he's writing that at the moment and he's written lots of things since he left Emmerdale and um yeah it's it's I'm really excited for him but if he wrote for Emmerdale and you're on Corrie yeah <laughs> yeah did you ever have a falling out or <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> just not i just not work. speak <laughs> just don't, don't talk about work <laughs> silence <laughs> I think, you know, because our children at that point, our children were all so young, really, um, we never had time to talk about, you know, um, what they were doing, what we were doing. And also, remember, we were on the same side. So, oh, yeah, you know, Emmerdale and Corrie Absolutely. are very, very close. So they can't, Tim would say, oh, we were going to do that story, but you're doing it. <laughs> so, you <laughs> so know, that's kind it. of the thing. Yeah. Oh, we're doing this story and you're, you can't do it. So, you know, it it worked in roundabouts but no we didn't really talk about it because there was just so many other things to talk mm. about when you finished a day well exactly <laughs> is there enough is there enough toilet duck is probably the kind of conversations you have <laughs> yes, yeah. it, it really is i would love them though just for once just for once to do i know it's been done sort of a little bit but have a, a cory and emmerdale to get like you know like I, oh, I don't like know. a mashup yeah a mm. mashup like a bunch yeah. of people coming coming into the wool pack from the rovers like maybe there's maybe they've got football teams and they could play <gasps> each other that would be so cool uh-huh. wouldn't it I'd love that. like a pub team yeah five side that'd be great yeah I'd love that <laughs> but, I'd love to I want to film in the countryside oh, it's they're in the country aren't it's they? gorgeous it's really really lovely yeah. but also yeah that 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 would be good but you know what would happen the bus would crash or oh, yeah. something would happen <laughs> or I don't know something would an alien would fall out the sky and it would all yeah, it would never the football match would never actually would never actually take place um, so we talked about you know you're obviously you know, very creative your husband's creative kids too of course they are I mean they're carving out their own way aren't they yes yes they really are yeah it's very exciting it's fantastic yeah. Phoebe's um doing very oh, very we well we saw in Bridgerton and, um, I mean I, do you know what I actually I had no idea that she was your wee girl I'd, I'd seen her on things and thought oh, I thought and, and I remember I didn't really I saw you know it's one of those things you sort of know it but you don't really because you never make a big deal of it she just gets on with it and I think mm. that's really that's really important too but she was fantastic in Bridgerton yeah Oh wow! It's very good. Oh, very good. Thank you. Thank so you. she's doing all of that, and the, the other two, what are they? Are they up to the uni? Are they doing all sorts of stuff? Yeah, Hattie's having a gap year because she's just finished A levels. Very wise. So we'll see what she'll see what she wants to do. Not really decided yet. And Sam is um, Sam's working in London. He's doing like financial PR, <gasps> but he's got, Tim and I don't really under, I don't I have don't understand, understand no idea what that's no, all I about. Don't but it. that sounds to me like a sort of proper job. You know, that's yes, like a in an office. Yeah, yeah, that's a proper job. Yeah, that's in a, an office. Yes, yeah. that's a grown-up <laughs> yeah. job. Not like, not, not like yeah. us lot. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of proper jobs, we need to talk about dancing on ice. Yeah, <gasps> dancing on ice. Oh, it was yes. so good. You were yeah. brilliant. You really were. Oh. You did. You did well, yourself. Lorraine, 
You were the first person, do you remember, do, that I, I told at the remember? top of the booth? <laughs> I said, Luane, I've got a secret and you can't tell anyone. She said, OK, what is it? And I said, I'm doing dancing on ice I know. and I'm so scared. And I didn't tell anyone, um, but I thought, you're mad. <laughs> I thought, here we are. Yes, here did. we are at the top yeah. of a boob that, you know, we had turned the O2 into a boob. <laughs> and there we are at the top of that. Um, and your lovely Hattie was there as well, of course. And uh, I'm thinking, you're going to dance on ice? I mean, that's, I think that's I the hardest reality show, don't you, Rose? I think, I think it's the most dangerous. Yes. Because, I don't know, oh, it just yeah. freaks me out anyway because I always have that fear of skates, go, like your hand being on oh, the ice. Oh, don't. Or, and it cuts your And then the other, off. what was it, Jennifer Ellison with her, when she did that, that scorpion kick and she kicked herself in the... Yeah. Oh! And then the headbanger thing. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. 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 I think it's mental. But you were really good and you hadn't really had any experience at all. That was, oh, what was so good. Oh, God, no. Nothing. What, what no, made you want to I do mean, it? Yeah. <laughs> what made you want to do that? I know, crazy. <laughs> I think it was Hattie saying to me, because every year we watched it, of and course. Hattie said, oh, Mum, you should do this, you should do this. And I said, oh, I really like to, but I don't, I, don't, I don't think I'll be very good. And Hattie was saying, you should do. And then I think lockdown changed everything yeah. for us all, mm. didn't it? It kind of made me go, oh, my gosh, look, I'm in my late 50s. If I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Mm. So I'm just going to... Give it a go. And honestly, it was the best thing I've ever done because it just gave me so much confidence and I just really, really enjoyed the whole process. And I love watching those professional dancers, oh, yeah. you know, ice skating. Incredible. They're incredible. In the rehearsals, I just sit there like, wow, I can't believe I've got a front row seat to watching these incredible ice skaters. They were amazing. It must be so good to watch it in real life, actually. Mm. I think it's a different perspective you get on it. And you're right, they're so, they make it look easy, don't they? And then you sort of look at oh, them and think, yeah. oh, how hard can this be? <laughs> I'll be know, all right. Yeah. I'll be fine. <laughs> but you were. I mean, you, you, you must have put in a lot of work. I did say to Matt, Matt, just pick me up and throw me above your head. Don't put me on the ice. So any any point that he could pick me up, he'd be like, I can't pick you up there because <laughs> I just didn't want to be on the ice. And then they joke with me a couple of times and say things like, oh, Sally, this week we're going to do the headbanger with you. I'm like, oh, my God, no. No, no, no. No, no. no. no we're only joking, we're only joking. Um, they, it was the nice. They are the nicest people. It was such a lovely show to work on. I felt, I felt so protected by them all. Oh, they were just good. lovely. It was, it was a fabulous experience. I'm really looking forward to watching it in January. I just can't wait for this new season. It'll be really good. Oh no, that's great. I think it's um, good to to push yourself as well because you push yourself at work. Yeah. You know, you're, you're always pushing yourself at work because you know. And the thing that I like about Sally, not the real Sally, but your character Sally, <laughs> it's confusing, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. But the thing I like about her is, I mean, she she's exasperating sometimes, and she was such a snob oh, sometimes. You want know, to for goodness' sake, Sally? <laughs> but the great thing is, she can be hilariously funny, and then also incredibly <laughs> dramatic in the sense of something bad has happened, something sad has happened, and you know she's it, it's difficult to do both of those things. It's difficult, but then that's being a human being, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know she she is snobby and she's all those things, but deep down she she's got a heart of gold. She just mm. goes thing round things the wrong way and says things wrong and gets herself into trouble. But 
Yeah, she's she's all right. I, I quite like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be there till the bitter end oh, when you're like ninety? Still, oh, be you sad. have to. No, you must. You must. Well, do you know, I, I love it so much. I can't imagine the day. It's not just the work, it's the people. Because mm. you've just grown up with them all your life. You know, all the makeup girls, we've all had kids together. And, um, you know, and all the cast, we've gone through some, you know, things together. And we've done the live shows. And we've, you know, oh, we've yeah, just... they were amazing. Everybody's so, so close that I, I can't imagine walking out the door. You have to be really brave mm. to go... Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> After all these years. But why? But why would you? Why would you? When you've got a job that you absolutely love yeah. with people who are fantastic, it would be it would be crazy. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't make yeah. any wouldn't make any sense any sense at all. And you're right. I mean, we've grown up watching Sally, but from from being a wee kid, what was it? She was your first scene. Does Kevin not splash you with water? Or something? Oh, with, with his van. With his van. Yeah, that's I right. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Does that yes. feel like that was not that long ago? Yeah, it doesn't feel very long ago. I remember even conversations that I had with Mike on the bus, on the butty wagon at lunchtime when we were filming those scenes. So that does feel like, you know, a few years ago. I can't believe... When people come on the street and they go, oh, well, I was born in 1980. I think, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> on the day I started. And Gosh. look at you, you're a grown human. And I've been there all that time. <laughs> and also you were there, like, of course, for the, the Ogdens and the Duckworths and the legends, all of these incredible, yeah. incredible trailblazers they were. Really, really were. I mean, I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, the, in those days, it was very different, really, because there were there were real characters. Huge. Not just yeah. on, the, on the screen, off the screen as well. There were some fun, fun times. And... They were amazing, you know, amazing people. And, and yeah, I miss them all so much because they were quite extraordinary. You don't really get characters like that anymore. Yeah, they were wonderful. Oh, I loved Hilda and her Muriel and her wee ducks. Oh, yeah. Her <laughs> wee ducks on the wall. Wasn't Hayley your favourite? Yeah. Hayley was your favourite. Oh, yeah. Hayley. Honestly, oh, yes. oh my God. How good was that? I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I you know, Julie has, is just one of the most beautiful people. I just adore her and she's amazing. And uh, yeah, we were so lucky to have her in the show for as long as she was in it. But mm. I'm so glad that she's spread her wings and she's out there doing some. Oh, she's stuff. she's yeah. brilliant. She's just written the the book about what was it an A to Z of acting. It's really good actually. You don't need to yes, want to be an actress. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 good. Yeah, I love and it. And a real insight into into all that. And again, that's Cory being trailblazing because at that time we didn't really do storylines about about trans people just as people. Which is exactly what they are, of course. You know, no. but just living their lives. It was, you know, that 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 was so good. And yet, she said something really interesting yeah. recently, which was on the show, that she wouldn't have done that now. Times are different, and she said there's so many trans actors and actresses. You would just get they, they would just do it. But but at the time, at the time, yeah. it was the it was the right it was the right thing to do, wasn't it? That's good. Yeah. Obviously, being <laughs> on Corey and not on Corey, being in real life. Two Sallies. You have two families. You've got your family on screen and then your family yes. off screen. Um, very dysfunctional on the soap, I think. Uh, yeah. I can say that? Yeah, I think, I can say that. <laughs> no, I think Rosie, the, the, yeah. not you, yeah. but the other Rosie, uh, yeah, she went through quite a few uh, things. <laughs> Where is she now? Where is Rosie yes. now? Is she is she Japan or something? Or She's, she's working as a model, oh, I believe. Yeah. 
<laughs> she's modelling. She's abroad. She's yes, abroad. She's very, very abroad. happy. And my, and my other daughter, she's a Christian lesbian. That's right. And, um, she she's is. doing very, very well. Excellent. So, yes. <laughs> I know, but it's like your it's, it's like your mum to you know like these other children because you you you've worked with them since they were tiny since they were little tiny girls. Oh yeah, got... yeah, and we're we're still very very close, you know. But now they've got their children, so we we get to see each other and catch up with things. And they're both just gorgeous girls. They really are. I'm so lucky to have had them um, in my life. They're just amazing, both of them. And yeah, I adore them. They're oh, great. We'd have fun times when we get together. It's <laughs> now, good. obviously, as everyone is totally aware, I had an, an award-winning, actually a BAFTA-winning performance when, when I was in Coronation Street. Oh, is this um, Yes, and Gail. Yeah. Oh, and yes. <laughs> It was, oh, it was probably the worst piece of acting I think anyone has ever seen anywhere Mm. on British television or indeed any television. But Gail shot me with an arrow in my leg. Do you remember, Rose? Oh, I thought you shot her. No, yeah, (laughs) you were shot. Sorry, I got it all confused. You can't shoot Gail in the leg with an arrow. She shot me. Okay. Oh, dear. What happened there, Gail? The steady hand or the keen eye? (laughs) Oh, is that Natalie? You daft wee woman! You could have killed me! Do you know what, Sally? That was one of the <laughs> best things I've ever done. I laughed the whole day. Um, the only thing that I found <laughs> was very, very difficult was learning the lines. How on earth do you do that? It's. I'm always interested to know how actors how learn lines. How do you do that? I mean, because you, you've got the maddest schedule and pages and pages and pages and pages of script and you've got to get it bang on right away. There's no time. No time to fanny about. It's mm. just got to be done. One take. Thank you. Got to be doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I don't know. I don't know how we do it really sometimes. But I think when you've got a lot, you your that muscle pull starts working really hard. Uh-huh. And you, if you've not been in the show for weeks, and you go in, you've got two lines. Oh, you can't remember them. <sighs> yeah. What's my one line? But then when you get a big storyline and you've got like 10 scenes in a day, mm. for some reason, something happens and that muscle works. And and it just, but for me, some people, you know, like Simon Gregson can just look at the page and he's brilliant and wow. he'll know it. Whereas me, oh my gosh, you know, I have to go over and over and over and over it and just keep working and working on it. So it just depends but once you've got it it's so much fun to put the script down and just get on with it but yeah it just it depends on the person um, how easy they find it and I suppose as well you'll be working with the same people more or less obviously you interact with lots and lots of people in the street especially if you've got a scene in the shop or in the rovers or in the hairdressers or wherever it may be um but you know you and Tim work together an awful lot so you must have that you, you must have that real trust with somebody as well you know when you're doing really really intimate scenes and really but when I say intimate I mean emotional you know emotionally intimate you've got to really trust that person yeah, you do. I mean, Joe and I get on really well. We've got a similar sense of humour as well. So sometimes we'll read a scene and we'll think, oh, it's not that not that funny. And then we'll get in the studio and he'll do something that I'll just find hilarious. <laughs> and then that's it. Then. And then we're off, we're off. And, it, and it's great to have that with another actor. Yeah. It's it's wonderful when, you, when you're paired with someone that you just... You know, you're excited about doing the scene with because you just know it's not, it's going to be something completely different once you've done it. And he's great to work with. And, and you know, I had Michael for years and Michael's a great actor. I've been 
So lucky, really, with my husbands. Very with your husbands. <laughs> yes, with your husbands. How many husbands, husbands are out of the bin? <laughs> no, did Sally ever have a fling with Martin? Did she have a fling with Martin? Park? Yes. Did she? Yeah. Did she? Oh, she's, <gasps> I think she's had something like nine flings, nine men in she's her life, few. something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but she's only married, she's only married two. So yes, she's that's married right. to Kevin twice. That's right. That's what I'm getting confused about. Okay. Yes, like yeah. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. You know Elizabeth Taylor yeah. married Richard Burton twice. Mm. Yes. So Sally is the Elizabeth Taylor of Coronation Street. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> oh my goodness me. So looking ahead, you've got a massive yeah. birthday coming up, haven't you? Oh, I have. I know. Who's yeah. going to say I it don't first? Know what we're doing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're 21. Yes, <laughs> I shall be 60 next a wee. May. Yeah. Look I'm at you. Really, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We what, have to have a big party. Yeah. What have you got planned? I don't know. Do you know? I really want to do a bit of travelling because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know when you're working like this, you never usually get more than you know two weeks is the maximum. So I, I'm wondering if I could get three weeks and go somewhere like America yeah. or something, do something I've never go done for before. It. Probably end up having a party. But Rosie, the party you did for your mum and dad. Oh, oh my I know. god, that was so yeah. cool. I've got really... like, I just want to do it again. <laughs> Such good fun. I organise it again. Honestly, Sally, it was better than our wedding. It was incredible, and we uh, had absolutely. That's because you didn't have to do anything. We didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I literally did nothing. I turned up. <gasps> Saw everybody there, cried, and then cried again, and then drank too much, ate too much, danced too much. It was just brilliant. It was just the best. I absolutely loved it. It looked amazing. Well done. (laughs) That was so good. You need to do something just to remember. When I was 60, my fantastic team at work got me uh, one of those flights, you know, the weightless flights that you can get on. It's the nearest thing to being in space. Zero gravity. Mum's a bit of a geek. So I'm a total geek. And that was, <laughs> I mean, that was just brilliant. So, I, yeah, it's memories, isn't it? It's about things like that. Yeah. It's stuff like mm. that rather than anything else. You know, like that party was like the best present. Well, listen, yeah. we could be talking all day, couldn't we? But sadly... We have to ask you the final question. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, which we end each episode by getting guests to tell us the biggest fail, regret and win. So we'll mm-hmm. start with fail. Okay, fail. So I did think about this and I was trying to think of something a bit more fun. And so when I was 39, um, I decided I was going to start piano lessons and I got a piano, Ooh. a second-hand piano, because I love piano music. Whenever I hear it, I just, oh, my God, it just is just so wonderful. So um, I started to have lessons with this wonderful lady, Christine, and then I found out I was pregnant and then I had a big storyline and and I had my first exam to do and, oh, my gosh, I was terrified. It was me <laughs> in a room with lots of four-year-olds and five-year-olds oh, no. doing their first grade one piano and I have never been so nervous in my whole life. I felt like I had mittens on when I was doing <laughs> with all these little children and I was like oh how was it and they were like oh it was fine it's easy and they were you know this big and um anyway I went in I think I was terrible but I think I failed but they actually said oh yeah you passed you passed oh, okay. just to I make you feel better got, yeah to make me <laughs> so that, that's probably my fail and then I like kind of that. gave it up and I really wished I'd, I then I gave the piano away because we moved to a smaller house so I couldn't get the piano in and now I really wished I'd carried on because 19 years later I've 
be brilliant now. Yeah. You would be brilliant. So that's that's kind of your refi- feel and regret. In one. In one, don't you think? Yeah. Because mm, you I regret that you, didn't, that you didn't keep it up. Oh. Yeah, I, d- I don't have any, like, you know, I don't really have any big regrets because, uh, like you say, I think you learn a lot from thing- mistakes you make. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've made mistakes, but... I'm hoping I've learned from that. And also, I think having something when you get a diagnosis like cancer, it everything else you know, puts it, it really does put everything else into perspective as well. Yeah. I think yeah. ah, we're all yeah. just doing our best, aren't we? That's for sure. Um, finally, your win. Yeah, my win. Well, it's got to be my three children because they're just. I'm so proud of them, and and you know we're such a close family, and I just. Oh, I, I, I'm just so grateful that I've got them in my life. They're they're amazing, and um, and the other one was of course getting through breast cancer, which you know is another win, a win win. Oh. So it is a win win. That, that's lovely, mm. absolutely lovely. Sally, do not go anywhere. Stay in Coronation Street. Forever, because <laughs> we need you. We need you there. It would be Aww. it would be so weird without her there. Yeah, because she she reacts off so many different things. I love the relationship she's got with Rita as well. I love that. Oh that's, yeah, that's I love really, Rita. <gasps> Rita, Rita. Yeah. I think I think you you'll find she's Dame Rita. Oh, Dame, her Royal yeah, yes. Highness, her Royal Highness Dame Rita of this parish. Okay. Yes. Well, it should be Dame Sally. So. <laughs> it should be Dame Sally. It really should. Sally, thank you so much. Brilliant thank to you. talk to you. You are smashing. That was lovely. Thank you both so much for having me. Thank you.